Hello, welcome to Chair Beckert's GovCom podcast, where we discuss current government contracting trends, compliance matters, and best practices to guide federal contractors forward. My name is Eric Poppy. I'm a senior manager with Cherry Beckert, and with me today is Brendan Holleran, a senior manager in Cherry Beckert's Government Contract Services Group. Brendan, thanks for joining me today. Yeah, Eric, thanks for uh, thanks for having me. So, um, um, you know, today uh, we are talking about business systems. We've seen a huge uptick in business systems, uh, and you know, these are the DFARS system requirements and FAR requirements that we see a lot of times. Um, that is. You know, we help you and I help contractors out with all the time. Um, so real quick before we jump into business systems and the trends that we're currently seeing, can you just give a quick background about yourself? Yeah, sure thing. Um, yeah, I recently uh, joined uh, Cherry Becker earlier in the year, um, having come from Defense Contract Management Agency, where I spent many years um, primarily as a divisional administrative contracting officer uh, responsible for uh, some of the larger DOD contractors um, where we covered um, you know, everything from business systems um, through cost accounting standards, um, forward pricing and indirect rates, pretty much the whole gamut of, um, you know, how companies are doing business with the the government, um, as well as uh, a stint in really kind of price and, and cost focus um, with the DCMA uh, Cost and Pricing Center. So um, it's really been uh, been great to to join the firm and bring some of that uh, perspective from the the government side um, to our clients and uh, into the practice. So um, certainly fun to uh, to interact um, and provide some of that um, you know some of that insight as to you know kind of what uh, you know what the processes are and, and how the government's viewing some of these topics. So you know, you and I, I feel like every day we talk about some type of issue that's popped up with a client regarding one of the business systems. You know, it might be government property or EVMS or accounting, purchasing, estimating. You know, in my time, you know, always being on the consulting side at a public accounting firm and even at um, when I was at one of the big fours, it seems to be an issue that is in having a compliance system that it's small, small contractors have to deal with all the way up, of course, to the, the majors. Are you noticing any new trends when it comes to uh, the business system requirements and you know just these evaluations in general? Yeah, yeah, and I, I think um, as you mentioned, we we see it pretty much on a daily basis. <clears throat> but you know, one of the big drivers um, that we're that we're all seeing in in industry is that more and more there are business system requirements in some of the large um, RFPs and, and solicitations. And so where, you know, you typically wouldn't have seen um, something like estimating system or purchasing um, or even EVMS um, really um, show up as, you know, perhaps not a, you know, go or no go requirement, but something where um, offers can get points if they've got, you know, an approved system or a system that's been reviewed. So I think <clears throat> for one, just seeing it, um, you know, come into more RFPs um, really starts to drive it down to some of the smaller contractors and drive not only an interest level and then, you know, being able to, you know, claim that they've got a review or, you know, have had a, a government review and approval, um, but it really um, has just opened that up where they may not have the contractual requirement um, or meet the thresholds for, for really many of those systems. Um, but you've got, you know, organizations and companies that are now 
um, evaluating where they are in some of those, um, you know, in some of those practices to see, you know, can they um, can they bring it in line with DFARS requirements um, and actually, you know, would they be able to pass a review? So for one, I think, you know, seeing it, um, you, you know, utilized and required or, um, you know, or as an opportunity to get points is something that we, we see quite a bit. I think the other, um, the other driving factor, um, particularly around systems that, um, that DCAA is responsible for auditing, you know, accounting, um, estimating, and, and MAS, is that DCA now has more bandwidth um, that they're caught up with, you know, incurred cost audits that we're now getting back um, into seeing really the, you know, the, the traditional audit cycle um, and getting those business system reviews done. So, you know, that's, you know, I think we've, um, you know, gone, you know, a good 10, 10 plus years in some cases where, um, where DCA did not have the ability to get out and do regular system audits. Um, and DCMA was doing some, you know, kind of surveillance and review work. But, you know, now I think it's, um, it was long enough that it's a surprise to, you know, to industry and in some cases, even the government itself that, you know, those aud that audit activity is pretty significant. And, you know, what's interesting too on that point of, you know, that 10 year lag and all of a sudden these system require requirements are coming in and the audits is that there seems to be one, sometimes uh, just because you haven't been, the, the government hasn't been in practice of doing these audits, the request lists are all over the board. You know, it's, you know, items that are being requested for an accounting system, for example, seem to be items that you are, you're like, well, why is this even applicable? Um, you know, we're, we're not talking about purchasing activities right now for an accounting system because they're asking for, or um, you might be one that we saw was um, for purchasing system talking about HR policies. It, so it's kind of like, and it seems to be some of these request lists are very, you know, very broad. Um, and when it comes to documentation, it's interesting how it's one contractor might do X, Y, Z and have certain types of policies and procedures for a certain system, but that's not con necessarily consistent um, in an evaluation or what is considered um, compliant if for another contractor. So there's really doesn't seem to be a consistency when it comes to the evidence between contractors in the evaluation. Um, so I guess the, the big piece is for a contractor with these newer, you know, these system uh, audits that are in third party audits that are coming up again. So I guess the big piece would be taking the current criteria and mapping it to your practices and going through that exercise. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's a really good point. Um, you know, because not only, um, you know, we're all targeting the, the same, you know, requirements and system criteria, but, you know, all organizations are different, although, you know, there can be some crossover and similarities, but, um, you know, to accomplish, um, you know, those processes, but, you know, you've got, you know, different audit offices, you may have different review teams from, you know, let's say the DCMA CPSR group, um, and they, you know, they all follow uh, the same program, um, but you know you you do have to consider one that there's you know individuals involved in the process, and you know ultimately individual contracting officers that may view things differently or have a different uh, opinion on significance or materiality, and you know really um, as you said, you know 
for companies to do that crosswalk and really understand where um, you know where their processes are in their system and, and in their organization and internal controls and, and personnel is really important because you know they need to be able to demonstrate that and really talk to it um, because in some cases you know it may be slightly different than a particular auditor or reviewer is familiar with and you know being able to um, you know, point out exactly how you meet the criteria or how you're meeting that requirement um, within your, your system. You know, you, you do have to have, you know, good documentation to demonstrate you've been doing it um, and, you know, to prove that out. So it, it can be a challenge and, you know, there's not always this, there's not a single answer in, in all cases. Well, you, that documentation, I feel like is key <clears throat> because if you can crosswalk to the criteria document within a policy or a checklist of it, you were, this is an attempt to meet this criteria. There you're at least showing to an auditor that, hey, we've considered this, we're making an attempt. This is our interpretation of, you know, meeting this criteria, say it's sole selection justification or contract type or purchasing or, you know, base of estimate, you know, what it is, but there you can at least hang your hat on something that, hey, we meet this criteria. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a that's a really, um, really strong point, because if you've got something, you know, that you reference and that you can document that you've been doing and this is how your interpretation of, of how you do it, um, that at least gives you something. I mean, I, there can always be, um, you know, some debate um, or interpretation of, you know, is it adequate or does it, you know, meet all of the um, all of the intent of it? But, you know, that really at least puts, you know, contractors in the position where um, you can have that discussion and say, well, we are um, we are actually doing this and, you know, here's how. And so, you know, sometimes there's you know room for improvement or, you know, you may um, adjust uh, policy or procedure. But, yeah, I think, Eric, that's a, a great point that having done that beforehand, it will start to kind of point out if you have any gaps or if there's something that. Um, that you need to address prior to getting to that point where you're right in the midst of an audit or review. I think the other piece to that too is the consistency aspect. If you're, you know, using templates, checklists, trying to find easy solutions to meet the criteria, show consistency with your documentation, and do it, you know, for multiple for multiple instances helps to give an auditor that you know warm and fuzzy feeling that things are at least operating in the, the in most mostly in the manner that it should yeah 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 no i mean that that really is just um you know critical um you know as as contractors are looking to the potential of having you know review or trying to prepare i think the other um thing along with taking the time and and you know really you know putting the resources to documentation um, and establishing consistent practices, you know, use, you know, the programs are, are for the most part out there in terms of audits and reviews. So, you know, we we always encourage and, and I would encourage anyone, you know, to, um, you know, to pull those um, programs, which is what an auditor or, you know, a, <clears throat> you know, purchasing review team member is going to use and, and go through it um, internally. Um, and so that will, you know, one, it will identify if you've got something that you need to address, but two, um, it starts to, you know, uh, prepare you to answer some of those questions and, and actually assemble, you know, as you said, documentation, evidence, 
and to you know really anticipate what that's going to look like. Um, so you know there's you know tools out there that you can use, and you know it really the time spent on that, um, doing that internally is really um, it's valuable. You know it, it definitely is worth the effort, even if you do it. You know you know portion it off and do you know sections at a time or try to focus on one aspect of um you know of the particular you know process or system is you know really going to pay you know pay really good dividends yeah that's and part of that review could be if the company has an internal audit function you know of course having the financial reporting perspective and that's usually what a lot of the internal audit functions are for that process piece and internal reporting or uh, financial reporting i'm sorry um, but you could also throw the compliance aspect in there um, and the and throw this different systems in there and maybe pick a one system a year for what your levels are um, or um, you know you could the self-evaluation piece or some some type of consistent consistent internal assessment because that's also part of some of the criteria too you know i know that's right. estimating for example that's a criteria is is there an internal assessment or is there a review um, for to to for, for that monitoring component? Um, so that's definitely in it. And then you also get into practice. I kind of feel like it. You mentioned earlier it's practice. It's like if you're part of a sports team or if you're practicing for a you know a, a speech when you're in high school or anything else. The more you practice and go through the motions and talk to the pieces, the better you get. The easier it goes when you're actually in that audit because that audit might be a quick turnaround. It might be, especially for example, um, accounting system if, if it's for potential award. Um, so in, into that piece. Companies, I feel like you should understand your environment too. If you're starting to go after more cost plus work, um, if you're starting to go after some of these large GWACs and or you are getting closer to that cast threshold or you just triggered cast, understanding that purchasing is probably coming down the line, mm -hmm. estimating is probably coming down the line if it hasn't yet already. Um, and then if you're doing a lot of material purchases, um, you know, or very large scale multi-year contracts. That EV requirement, MMAS, if you're starting to get on the bases and you're handling a lot of property all of a sudden, or you want a new award, government property, of course. So it's kind of understanding your compliance, the realm of compliance that you live in. Yeah, yeah, no, I mean, that's a um, really good point because, I mean, it helps, um, you know, if you spend the time to, understand you know the thresholds the requirements and when things might um, apply you know it allows you to really prioritize and, and I think you broke it down really well in terms of you know accounting system and, and that can come on you know review or, or audit of that can come on really quickly you know based on what you know what a contractor is competing for or, or likely to get awarded and you know but understanding that progression and really um, you know being able to build a timeline for for yourself internally just to start the the wheels in motion for preparing and starting to develop the things that um, you know are likely to apply for for you know companies that are uh, particularly those that are growing quickly. Um, it's really um, critical to have that thought process that you know you're not caught by surprise of something you know being required, um, and and more importantly, you know, is being prepared for you know. 
you know, potential opportunities that you're not scrambling at the, you know, the last, you know, moment to try and stand up a system or, mm-hmm. you know, get one, get one reviewed um, because, you know, it, it just adds to the complexity of trying to get, um, you know, get a proposal together. You know, if you're prepared and, and thinking um, ahead a little bit in terms of what, um, what will be applicable, you know, it really will serve, um, serve folks well in, uh, you know, being able to, you know, really engage in, and pursue um, some new proposal activity. Especially since DCAA is mostly caught up on the incurred cost audits and then also they're, you know, they've, they're now some third parties are helping with the incurred cost audits that's taking some of the workload off of them. Um, and DCMA, of course, has always been doing the purchasing and, and their systems, but it seems that it's just become a bigger focus and um, to ensure that the taxpayer, you know, it all comes back to the contract and fair and reasonable and making sure you're compliant for that and that the systems play a big role in that. Yep. And I think there's, you know, two, you know, good examples, um, you know, in terms of, and, and it's interesting talking about it now, well along in, in the, you know, the COVID um, pandemic situation, but even prior to, to COVID, DCMA um, CPSR group was uh, moving and testing out being able to do part of the, um, of a purchasing system review virtually. So rather than let's say, <clears throat> let's say two weeks, you know, in plant or, you know, on contractor site, they were doing one week on, you know, on site and one week, um, you know, vir- you know, I'll say virtually. So, you know, even prior to COVID, um, they were looking for ways to make it more, uh, more efficient. And so what, which is a great thing in many cases, but what you have to think about is after that gets rolling for a year or two, um, where they've even been doing more virtual, obviously, um, is that they're going to do more, they'll have more availability to do more purchasing system reviews. And, you know, which means that more contractors will have that review. Um, similar with EVMS is that they've really moved to, you know, very data-driven metrics-based um, surveillance and, and compliance programs. So, you know, again, you know, where you had long lead planning and, and extensive time on site, they're doing much more virtually, um, which, you know, contributes to efficiency. So it just makes the likelihood of some of these um, audits and reviews happening, um, you know, much greater, um, you know, as we as we move in time. Yeah, especially as we're seeing more and more solicitations coming out with the kind with the system requirement for a third party or in CPA letterhead or uh, by the government for certain systems. And it seems to be not necessarily, you can, sometimes it's accounting and estimating, sometimes it's purchasing and EVMS, it's about who's third. So there's no consistency in some of these requirements that we've seen recently, um, but it's definitely a trend that these are happening as part of the scoring and the um, scoring criteria to weed out potential contractors with the scorecard approach. So, you know, any closing thoughts? I, we, we have a, a few minutes left today, and this is definitely a topic that we'll come back to on our podcast, um, in the GovCom podcast. But any closing thoughts on business systems? Yeah, I think um, you know we've we've touched on it. I think throughout um, you know our our conversation is that you know it really um, pays for contractors to be 
thinking ahead to understand what the criteria are, um, to prioritize what systems are, are likely um, or do apply um, to their business and to, you know, just start, um, you know, even if it's, um, you know, step by step, just working towards, you know, being prepared for, you know, potential audit review and, you know, and the goal of, of you know, the systems is, you know, to make to make things work well and and by the regulation and policy. So, um, you know, it really is all um, time well spent. So I, I think, you know, having that as a as an active um, conversation topic within your within uh, your company is is probably, you know, the one of the best things you can do. Yeah, that's a fantastic point to close on. Um, and so, Brendan, thank you for joining me today to talk about business systems. Um, appreciate the thoughts, and this is definitely a topic that we'll be talking about again. And thank you, everyone, for tuning in to the GovCom podcast. And um, please tune in next time for another topic that will relate to uh, government contractors. Thank you. Great. Thanks, Eric.